I eat. What's up, my good peoples? Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're talking about ideas that stimulate wholesome thinking into identity, purpose, vision, and action. I am James Anderson, and with me is Logan Eaton. What's up, bro? Not much. Sweet. How are you? Fabulous. Great. Well, today we are talking about the first shall be last and the last shall be first. I don't know about you, but I've definitely read that and been like, what the heck does that mean? The last will be first and the first will be last. (laughs) It's like if, if if you're at Blockbuster and you're the next one, should you... Go to the back of the line. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> there's a story in uh, Matthew 20 where Jesus is talking about um, uh, a, a landowner, a guy who owns a vineyard, and he hires some people to come and work with him. And at the end of this, uh, there's that phrase. It says the first will be last and the last will be first. So we're going to take a look at this and see what we can't uh, discover here. So in Matthew 20, he says, this is Jesus talking to Christ, he says, for the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a, a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard to work. And, and then he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I'll give it to you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? He said to them, oh, they said to him, because no one's hired us. So he said, you also go in the vineyard and whatever's right, you will receive. So when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the steward, he said, call the laborers and get them and give them all their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, these last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us, we who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, saying, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give this last man the same as to you. Is it is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. For many are called, but few chosen. Ooh. Interesting. So this was a story, right? This was an end, a picture of what the kingdom of heaven is like. So, you know, the, the, the benefit of stories is, um, it's easy to picture yourself in them. Right, it's it's easy to kind of get emotionally connected and kind of experience what's going on. So it's a 
it's a, which is why it's, it's, you know, movies and books are such a, a big deal because these stories are so easy con- to connect with. So from that perspective, you know, this is just a story Jesus was telling. But the point is, is like he's trying to explain what the kingdom of heaven is like. So we're just, we're going to take, we're just going to kind of dive into the story just kind of as I picture it and just, you know, get some, uh, some goodies out of this perspective. So for one, it said this, this is what the kingdom, is lo- the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a landowner who went out early in the morning to, to hire laborers to work in his vineyard. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like, right? Like parable after parable is like there was a, uh, there was a landowner, there was a master, and he got his people or servants or whatever to come and work for him, and then he went away for a long time. It's just this, this beautiful picture over and over of just this reality that uh, there's work to be done for the people of God. So <clears throat> we got this landowner who owns a vineyard, and he's going to go out and get some people who want to work for the day. Now, I've seen like movies where you get, um, you know, there'd be people at Home Depot and they would be just standing in the parking lot and people who were looking for day laborers could just, you know, they would go there and, and um, whoever's there, or however many people they needed for the day could just hop in the back of the truck and they would go and, and work for the day. And so this is, this is, you know, how I'm kind of picturing this. So it, it says that the, the, the owner went out, uh, at the beginning of the, of the work day. And he said, he said he also picked up the last guy at the 11th hour. So we're, we're talking about like a 12 hour work day. So the first guys, he goes out there. So let's just, so the day starts at, let's just say the day starts at six and the day ends at, at 6 PM. So the, the first round of guys, you know, he goes out there maybe five, five thirty, five forty five and uh, finds a group of people waiting to work, right? This is the first round. So with the first round, these are people who came um, and who were ready to work. So they came to work for a full day. So this is the only, this is the only group that the landowner specified the amount he was going to pay them. Everybody else, he said, I'll pay you what is right because the day had already begun. So he goes up, picks up these first guys. Let's just pretend, you know, the workday starts at six, so whatever, he's going to go pick them up at like 5.30, 5.45. Bam. And so agree to work for Daenerys, which I believe was just like a, a, a day's wage. And uh, bam, they're like, sweet. So he goes, drops them off, and they, they go get to work. All right, then the second round, it says that it was, it was the third hour. So if the workday started at six, that's like 9 a.m., all right. So 9 a.m., right? So the first guys, right, they, they knew what time the day started. So they showed up early, ready to, to, to go. So then there's this other group who, you know, they're kind of on it, but they, they show up. Maybe they got there at like 8 o'clock or something and uh, whatever. They get picked up about 9. Well, then, you know, they go to work and the master goes out uh, at the sixth hour. So now it's like lunchtime. All right, so he goes up and he finds still more people. And he says, hey, why don't you guys come work? All right, well, <laughs> who, who's looking for a job at lunchtime? People who slept, who slept, slept in. in. Yeah. 
So, so anyways, he picks up this, this, this group of people at six o'clock. Then the fourth round is, is the ninth hour, which is 3 PM. You know, who's, who's out there looking for a job at 3 PM? The people who didn't show up till after lunch. <laughs> then, then we got the fifth round, which is the 11th hour. The 11th hour is 5 PM. We're talking about one hour, uh, before the day is over. And, you know, so it's, it said that the owner went out, uh, still at the 11th hour, went out, found others standing idle and said to them, why are you standing here idle all, all day? He said, because no one's hired us. And why has nobody hired us? Because, <laughs> because we just, we didn't get out here till, <laughs> till four o'clock. That's like when your mom kicks you out of the basement. She's like, you need to go get a job. <laughs> That's those guys at the 11th hour. All right. So, all right. So then, so then at the end of the day, right? So those guys, they show up, they work one hour. And then the, the landowner gets everybody lined up um, and tells the steward, hey, let's line everybody up. And then we're going to pay everybody a Daenerys. And we'll start with the people who got there uh, last. And then we'll work our way down to the people who, who got it first. <clears throat> so from this perspective, right now, this was a story Jesus told, and I'm, this is like how I'm seeing it. So, but if, if we kind of look at this, this, this perspective, you know, so, so the, um, the landowner gives the guys who are, who worked there an hour, he, he gave them a, a day's wage. And likewise, to the people who got there at three, people who got there at twelve, people who got there at nine, and um, and th- this it's it's during this process where the guys who were first started to look at this, and they're like, "Oh man, you know that the the landowner, look, man, this guy's generous, and he's giving these guys who didn't work as much as us, he's giving us what he promised us." So they start thinking to themselves, you know, it's like, well, maybe he's going to give us more money. But it's interesting, right? Because, I mean, you, you think about, from this perspective, the different people who, who showed up to get a job <laughs> throughout the day, right? You got the people who were on it. They were on time. You get the second round who were, who were a little late. And then everybody after that is just like they were way late or it was like a half a thought. Like the, the first round was, com- was committed, right? They were ready to work. And second round, you know, they were probably pretty much the same. But then after that, it was just like, you know, you just get different people looking for work at four o'clock in the afternoon than you do for <laughs> for those. <laughs> it's, oh, it's a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> nope, it's Tuesday. But yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. <clears throat> So yeah, so they go down, and so but as this process is happening, the the first ground first first group they start thinking about the possibility of getting more money, and it, they they weren't just thinking about the possibility; like they were they they turned that possibility into an expectation, and they were expecting to get more money. So when they did, when it came time for them to get paid, they got paid the denarius, but then they felt cheated. But it's not because they were cheated. It's just because they thought they deserved more based upon the generosity he had um, for 
everybody else. Yeah, just social conditioning essentially just altered their expectations, which changed their whole perspective on the situation because they knew exactly what they were getting. The people that showed up first, they had an expectation of what they were, you know, what their day's work was worth. And then just because of the, the, the environment changed, people started to show up later than them and started to work. They started to think based on social conditioning that if you work longer, you earn more. Um, that social conditioning just altered their expectations, which changed their perspective on the whole situation. Nothing changed, you know. Nothing. The the the, per, the uh, landowner didn't say, "Okay, I'm going to pay you less now." I decided just to pay you less. Nothing changed. They they had the expectation, but because of conditioning, it kind of screwed up their their per, their perspective on the entire situation on the entire day. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I, I, I had actually last year, I had a, uh, an experience just like this where, you know, I was like the, the first group. <laughs> so last year I was, uh, I'd, I, I'd gotten a long board and then, um, and then my son wanted one. So we're, I was, we decided we were going to make one. So, but then, you know, yeah, I got four kids. So we, when you do something, you got to do it in bulk. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, we got, you know, we were going to make the deck, we made the deck ourselves. And then, you know, we found, um, you know, a place who sold the trucks and these big wheels together and, um, and we bought those and then we had, then we we're going to make another one, um, for the girls to share. And so, yeah, so we bought another set of trucks and wheels. And then I think, and then I wanted to get another set of wheels and so this is the third purchase and these guys are like in California. So this is the third purchase. And in this purchase, I, th we either got an extra set of wheels or we got an extra set of wheels and trucks or whatever. So I got, I got what I ordered, but then I also got more than I ordered. Right. So then, <clears throat> so it's like, all right, you know, you kind of look at him like, Oh, that's kind of nice. <laughs> but you know, you know, your morals set in and you're like, all right, we should, we, you know, I got to do the right, you know, the right thing is to let these guys know, like, hey, you know, just want to throw it out there. We received the stuff that we didn't purchase. And now I've had this experience before where, um, where I either received the wrong thing or I received something else in the box and, you know, hit them, hit up the people and they're like, oh, just keep that. We'll send you out the other thing or whatever, you know, yeah. our mistake, whatever. Like it's not worth your trouble to have to send it back or whatever. So I got this expectation cooking in my mind, right? <laughs> this is just like these guys, right? I had this expectation that I was like, all right, you know, we'll let these guys know that they sent us something, but then they're probably going to let us keep it. They're probably just going to be like, oh, just, you know, just keep it. I can make another skateboard. It'll be sweet, you know? Yeah. And um, so anyways, we had this expectation, so we we were expecting a specific response. So when we got, so once we send it and the response we got back was, oh, we sent that by mistake. Here's a return label. When we got that message back, we felt kind of cheated <laughs> because we had set up this expectation that we deserved more than we bought or whatever. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. you know, your mess up. I don't know. It's like this kind of this little bit like entitlement. Yeah. And it didn't take too long. I was like, I was like, where we went wrong is when we thought that we deserved <laughs> the stuff or like we deserved like, you know, 
something for being honest or doing the right thing. I was like, it didn't take me till I was like, all right, we thought about this totally wrong. And that's why, you know, we got, uh, we got bothered by that. So whatever, you know, send it back. And, and, you know, it's just kind of got into that. Just thinking about it. It's just like, nobody, like, I don't need somebody to, um, reward me for doing what is right. It's like, I don't need somebody else to give me something because I'm, you know, because I have standards. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, for a moment there, it wasn't too hard to kind of feel like I got cheated when really I didn't. So the, the thing I think is interesting um, about this story is that we got, you got this first group and, you know, so again, like they're, they, they seemingly got, you know, maybe like the highest, in some cases, the highest, uh, you know, level of like responsibility. They were committed to the day they showed up on time and you got these guys who are there, they're working. And then at the end of the day, these guys have to see everybody else get paid. It's it's just an interesting process. Why were the guys who were there first have to stay there last to watch everybody else get paid? And I think it's because there's a there's a expectation of a higher perspective from the people who were there first. Like, because this, this, this is, right, for the kingdom of heaven is like this. The, the, the people who were first were then last. And they, they, they saw what everybody else was getting paid. It's like a little bit like a test. <laughs> it's, That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> it's like a test of the will. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, kind of like just because, you know, it, if you would pay the people that were there more um, and the people that were there for just a couple hours less, and they saw that, okay, if I show up early next time, I can get paid more and the motivation turns into money. But that wasn't happening. So it's kind of like a test of like, what are you, why are you showing up here? What are you, what, what's your, you know, motive? Yeah, what's your motive? Yeah. Yeah. So, because this, this, again, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so I think there's a greater expectation for those who have been around longer. And so the, the, the test, the process, like it, it, it just, it didn't take too long. <laughs> it, it wasn't a very big deal. It didn't take too much heat to uh, reveal what was underneath. Yeah, you know, because like the landowner said, he's like, Psh, "It's my. This is what you agreed to, and whatever else I do, that's on. That's what I do. That has nothing to do with you." He's like, "Is are is your eye evil because I'm good?" Yeah. So there's a greater expectation, I think. Well, I, I, I for the people in the kingdom, right, who've been around longer, there's a greater expectation of growth, of development of maturity 
of knowledge, understanding, humility, of buy-in, of leadership, right? Because, I mean, you even think like, I think about this, like if this was me and I was the first group and I'm there and then other people are showing up, well, one, it's like, all right, you know, there's some people picking up some of the load. But then two, it's just like, it's just like a way to connect with people. You get new people who everybody's coming from somewhere, different kind of perspectives. And it's just like, it's a chance to meet people. Like there's this greater expectation for those who are first. And so it's like the opportunities that are there for showing up first are opportunities to create growth and have an impact. But when there's not growth, I think that then there comes complacency and then entitlement, right? Like just like the longboard wheels, right? Like it's like you start to think that just because just because you're there, you 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 deserve something more, right? There, there's this idea that um, there's this idea that. Like in a business or something, like there's there's this common idea that's like, all right, the longer you're there, the more you deserve to be promoted, right? Like if if promotion just has to do with like loyalty of attendance, but but it's been said, change is guaranteed, right? The seasons change, time keeps marching on, change that's gonna happen because that's external. Growth, however is optional. So there's this expectation sometimes where it's like it, like it, in a business, it's like, all right, well, the longer I'm there, the more I deserve to be promoted. The problem is, is that time does not necessarily equal greater value. Because sometimes the longer you're somewhere, the easier it is to kind of get complacent, get lazy, you know, get entitled, kind of self you know, self, self seek a little bit. And so, because the fact is, is that promotions, right, are the byproduct of you bringing more value than your position is worth, right? Like you have to do more than, than your job requires because you got to prove that a higher position, if we, if, if, if we put you in a higher position, it's because you're going to, produce even more and you're going to make, you know, that specific area better. You're going to continue to bring greater and greater value everywhere you go, right? So promotion is about increase in value, not just the amount of time. And so there's this expectation of growth, but on the, on the, on the flip side, where there isn't growth, there's complacency and, uh, and entitlement. And so it, it says at the end of this, um, this passage, it says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. For many are called, but few are chosen. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called because that part's, that part's on God. <laughs> so many are called, but few are chosen. That part's on us. I think that has everything to do with your response. 
What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, some companies do actually reward based off of time at the company, which is kind of ridiculous though, because the law of, you know, financial success isn't, time isn't a, isn't a factor in the law of, you know, financial success. Um, you know, you can't just, you know, have something, you can't sell a product or sell a service and just use time as a factor and say, okay, the more time that goes by, the more financial sure. success I'm going to have. <laughs> so, time is, so to your point that about time, um, not being a, a, you know, not being a dictator of value, um, and value not being, you know, course, not value, not corresponding to time. Um, you know, just basic laws of, of success, will support that because you can't just say, okay, the more time that goes by, the more successful I'm going to be because it doesn't, nothing ever works like that. So even though some companies may reward based off of time at the company for an employee or something, it's completely ridiculous because that, that employee or person could be doing the same exact thing over and over based on time. But if the company's not changing, somebody is, is changing and growing in the, in the company to, to make that company more sustainable or successful. And that's the actual, you know, what's actually required for the, for the laws of success. And so I think, I think true, you know, success in life or, you know, relationships or work or money, it, you, you can't ever, you know, use time as a factor. Time is never a factor because you can't just, or just, just by itself, it's sure. never, it can't ever be based, success can't ever be based off time. Sure. Time alone. Yeah. But that's that concept where it's like busyness does not equal effectiveness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you could be busy doing things, but that doesn't mean you're getting anything accomplished. Yeah. Uh, you know, of value or like, you know, of priorities that'll bring yeah. about some change. So, just along this lines, right, of like, so many are called, but few are chosen, right? Everybody was called. Here we go. We got these people who are first and then last. So that doesn't mean that it's bad to be first. It just means there's a greater responsibility for growth. So we're called to produce fruit. And now if you read any of the parables, <laughs> the, the, the majority of them are talking about producing fruit. So let me just read you the short one, right? There's the parable of the barren fig tree, which is in Luke 13. And so he says, bam, he spoke a parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. Jesus is a fan of grapes. <laughs> and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, look at this. There was a keeper of the vineyard. There's always somebody else working. <laughs> yeah. Look, for three years, I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, sir, let it alone this one more year until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, sweet. But if not, let's chop her down. For three years, I came looking for fruit and found none. Cut it down. He's like, let's just give it one more time. We're going to give it some care, give it some love, give it some, just, we're going we're gonna to try, try a little more. And then if it doesn't, we'll get rid of it. Look, man, look at this. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear much fruit and that that fruit should remain. That whatever you ask in the Father's name, he may give to you. Which 
that last part, whatever that you may ask in the Father, right? That's all about being connected. Because the, the reason why there's this greater expectation is because the more time you have, the more, like, the deeper your relationship should be, yeah. the, the stronger your roots and your foundation, the, the more knowledge and understanding you should have, yeah. right? And, and that's what he's talking about in John, right? He's like, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you can ask whatever you wish or whatever you desire, because it's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Well, you know, it's, that's speaking of connection. It's like as you're remaining in him and his words are remaining in you, it's that constant connection and cultivation of the truth that shapes your desires that are mixed together with his heart and your heart that then create this, this great need and desire for impact and for change and, and greater knowledge and understanding. And like it, it, the natural tendency of life is growth. Or the natural tendency of creation is life. So what, whatever, whatever God has called us to, he's also given us the ability to. And what we were built for, what we were, what we were made for, we were also built for. So what, whatever God expects of us, it's, it's, it's because we, he built it inside of us the capacity. But so check this out, because this story kind of makes me think of the prodigal son, but like from the perspective of the older brother. So in the prodigal son, right, you got the, you got two kids, one kid comes to his father and says, hey, you know, I want my inheritance now. uh, And I want to get out of here. So pretty much Give me what you're going to give me when you die, but give it to me now. And then takes off, spends it all, blows it, and then comes back, and the father sees him, and bam, restores him back to uh, sonship. Right? And if you kind of think about, like, the, the vineyard and the workers, he made the people who showed up last, right, the guy who got kicked out of his <laughs> his mom kicked him out of the basement and was like, go get a job. He made everybody equal to the people who were first. And that's just a beautiful picture of just like, you know, to be reconciled, right? Because the, the son who ran off, he, he, he got the robe, he got the, 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 the coat, he got the, the ring of sonship. My son was dead and now he's alive. Okay. <laughs> so, but this is kind of funny. So you got this son who, who wanted to get into some wild living and was straight up and upfront about it. He's like, I want your money and I'm going to go take off, give me some women, give me some food and go have me some life, right? But didn't work out. But while that's all going down, here's the older brother. Older brother was always there. He didn't, he didn't, he wasn't asking the father to be dead before his time. He wasn't asking for money. He was, he was there doing whatever he was, you know doing his duties and responsibilities. But here you got this son who's just straight up up front, <laughs> takes off, and then comes back, right? So it says, um, so the, the, when, this, when, he, when the father saw the son who took off, when he saw him coming down the road, uh, the father said to the servant, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put on a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let's eat and be merry. 
For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. And they begin to be merry. Okay. <laughs> okay, here's where it gets kind of funny. Now, the older son was in the field, right? Doing his duties, his responsibilities. And he came and draw and drew near to the house and heard music and dancing. Nobody told him. <laughs> Which maybe kind of speaks to the dude's attitude, but nobody, uh, <laughs> nobody thought to, to uh, tell him. All right, so you know, there's room to become bitter if you want to become bitter. There's space, but there's space to not be. So they call. So he called one of the servants and asked uh, what these things meant. He's like, dude, what's, what, what is happening? He said, oh, your brother's come, and because he he was received, your father received him safe and sound. Your father has killed the fattened calf. But the older brother, right? He was angry and would not come in. Therefore, the father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, <laughs> he said, that's what it says in the New King James. Lo, he said, I'm low, bro. I'm low. He said, These many years. I have been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. <laughs> but as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all I have is yours. It was right that I should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead and now alive. He was lost and now he was found. It's interesting, right? There's a greater expectation for those who've been around longer. This is the older brother. This is the guy who stuck around. There's a greater expectation. But look at this. He says, son, you were always with me. What are we talking about? Connection. And all I have is yours, abundance. But see, just because something is true doesn't mean people actually believe it. He said, you're always with me and all I have is yours, right? Well, what was the older brother's like complaint? He's like, look, man, you never, we never even got to kill a fat goat. You know, it's like the fatted calf that's like young, tender, special. Steaks. Like you, you, you take what? Steaks. Steaks, man. Steaks. But you save that for a super special occasion. That's like special. And he's like, but you never, not even like, let's not, let's come down a couple notches. What just about a fat goat? <laughs> I need a goat up in her. He says, you are always with me, and all I have is yours. When you lack connection and you misunderstand your position, there's room for bitterness. There's room for getting jaded. Uh, there's room for believing in lack and feeling put off. There's room for that. But, you know, it's kind of like a, a field, right? Like you, you got this real nice setup. You get it all nice and clean, and then you do nothing with it. Yeah. What will happen over time? Weeds. Weeds. Hard. 
nasty, right? It's all nice and pretty, but if you, do, if you neglect it, it goes wild. There's room. If you don't fill up this room with growth and development, you're going to grow weeds, bitterness, envy, jealousy. Jealousy is hilarious. Je- to be jealous, this, this is Bob Proctor. He's like, it's, it's ignorance. It's straight up ignorance to be jealous because to be jealous means you think somebody has something that you can't have. Why can't you have it? I mean, obviously somebody's married. You can't have the... Ex- the per- <laughs> but, it's like, <laughs> but it's like, why can't, you know, why can't you have whatever they have? Why can't you earn it, create it, whatever? It's just a, it's a ignorance in who you think you are. But anyways, it's either growth or it's nasty. Let's choose some growth. Remember, whatever we've been called to do, oh, come on, somebody, we've been built to do it. That's Miles. My man Miles hooks us up with sweet knowledge. So I want to talk briefly about some of the benefits of um, of showing up early and sticking around late, right? Because it, there's a greater expectation for growth for those who have been around, right? So you you want to you don't want to hate, you want to participate, right? If if it's easy to get complacent, it's easy to get entitled. I've been around for long, therefore I automatically deserve whatever. So what we want to do is we want to get in growth. You want to get into leadership, man. You want to get into caring for other people. So I was just thinking about some ideas of um, some of the benefits of showing up early and sticking around late. And then maybe we'll just get into a couple like disadvantages of, of showing up late and leaving early. You know, just some of the things that can happen. So one of the things, you know, uh, because the, more, the moral of, this, of the story of the, the vineyard wasn't like being first is bad. Like you should wait. You should procrastinate. The, the moral of the prodigal son isn't that you should go wild living, <laughs> right? And then come back because, you know, it's better to be, it's better to show up later and it is to show up. No, no, no. There's a greater expectation because there's, there's greater possibilities for you to get into. So one of the benefits of uh, showing up first is that it, it speaks of forethought, right? It, it, it speaks like, like the guys who showed up um, at 5.30, 5.45, right? They, had, they decided yesterday, the day before, that they were going to go, they wanted to stand out there and get some work. So they, they had made a decision, right? They considered what they were going to do, made a decision, and then they planned and prepared, right? They're like, all right, if we got to get out there, we want to get out there early before um, the people, the landowners start coming around. So let's get out there at, you know, 5.45, bam, 5.30. So what's that mean? That means I need to get up at this time. I need to get my food ready, get my gloves, get my whatever's. I get all this stuff all prepared so that I can be out there right on time, right? So the, some of the benefits of showing up early are forethought, right? Like you're taking control of your day. You're taking control of what you do and how you do it, which creates 
you know, greater levels of responsibility. Right? People who show up on time also want to be there. People who show up early. Like if you show up early, you know, to work, uh, Bible study, whatever. What else do you show up to? I don't know. Events? I don't know. If you show up early, you want to be there. You're also looking to maybe connect with some people, right? Looking to maybe have some influence, have some impact. Yeah. What do you think? Um, yeah, I agree with all those. I think, too, it, uh, showing up early and leaving late um, eliminates idleness, mm-hmm. um, which, which idleness can lead to laziness or, you know, other, you know, wild living and crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, showing up early, staying late eliminates idleness from your life and um, keeps you from, you know, keeps your mind, you know, practices focus, it practices um, discipline and staying focused on a task. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of positivity to doing that. But yeah, I think I think what popped into my head was eliminating idleness. Mm, and that was, the, that was the question in that, that he asked everybody afterwards. He said, why are you standing here idle? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, come and work. Yeah. Like, why aren't you guys working? Oh, because nobody's hired us. Well, then let's get it out. Yeah. When I think about like showing up early and staying late, I think about my days um, in YWAM, mm. in uh, Impact, when I was a couple years with this group called Impact World Tour. Is that acronym? Is that what that's called? YWAM is Youth with a Mission. That's mm-hmm. an acronym, right? Sure. YWAM is like notorious for acronyms. Everything, <laughs> everything is an acronym, right? So Impact World Tours, IWT. I worked with a group called uh, Team Extreme, or TX, uh, Island Breeze. Uh, it was just like every, and like even all the different schools, like a DTS, a Discipleship Training School, like everything <laughs> was is, <laughs> is an acronym. Funny note. Um, anyway, so I worked with this group called Impact World Tour. You know, we would do um, like we would do these big evangelistic campaigns, and so we would put on these uh, entertainment shows and then tie those into sharing a message. So I worked with a group that um, was like a strongman team. So you know, we we broke bricks and flipped cars and ripped phone books and stuff like that. <clears throat> and so you know, we travel around and and whatever, but. So we put on these big shows. So I think about like the people who showed up first and stuck around last. It was the people who were putting on the event, you know, who initiated um, the event, who initiated, you know, uh, putting things on and taking action and seeking to have an impact. Those are the people who, who showed up first and stuck around last, right? There's people who are doing stuff. Yeah. You know, like the, I mean, the people who really got there first was the production team, right? They actually set up the stage and the speakers and the lights and the sound and all this. And then we'd get there and then we'd set up the stage and build these towers of bricks and get all the stuff out. Then we'd do the show, you know, and then we'd hang out with some people. And then afterwards, you know, we'd tear tear everything down and load everything back up and whatever. But the people who were there first and last are also the people who are initiating they're creating they're creating uh things for people like a like a business you know 
sometimes there's these weird ideas about business, you know, it's like, oh, it's all about corporate greed and it's about the CEO. And it's like, but I think sometimes you just kind of never, sometimes it's not often taught that it's like, no, no, the reason why there's jobs is because somebody had an idea that they then put into motion. They created such demand for it that it gave room for opportunity for other people to, uh, to get hired, you know? So it's like some of the people who are showing up, you know, first and leaving last are the people who are starting things. I mean, shoot, you want to rub, rub elbows with some cool people. You should show up early and stick around later because it gives you the opportunity. Because when I think about, you know, if we go back to the, the, um, the vineyard, if we shift, if we, t- if we sh- shift the perspective of the first group, right? into a positive, um, to a positive way. So let's just pretend, right? So you got all the guys lined up and I'm picturing. So like the first, the, the last guys who got there, right. Are the first guys to get paid. I'm everybody's in a line and I'm picturing those guys got paid and then they, they left. And then the next group, they got paid and then they left. So sticking around late gives you more room. It gives you an opportunity to connect with the steward who was passing out the money or the landowner who hired you, right? That gives you an opportunity to meet and connect with, right? Maybe you could uh, secure your job for tomorrow. You don't have to go and wait. You could just come back, you know? It's like it gives you opportunities to build relationships. But on the flip side, it's like when your perspective's kind of bit murky, you lose opportunity. Perspective, it matters. So being first, being last, man, it's got positives, big positives. You know, people who stick around, you know, towards the end, they're people who are interested in investing their time. They're not just spending their time, they're investing it, right? You know, they're, they're, they're seeking to connect with people. They're seeking to add more value, you know, uh, lingering. I like to linger. Not everybody likes to linger, right? People, people are pretty quick. They're like, I got to go. I'm busy. You know, I got kids. I got to put them down. I'm just like, whatever. I got more kids than you, you know, it's like, <laughs> but you know, people get kind of strict in their living and their strictness. Uh, it can kind of, get a little limiting, you know, like, no, I got, no, I got to go, you know, I, I, you know, I got, I got to work, you know, it's, it's like sometimes, you know, obviously discipline and regiment, there's no question how amazing that is. But sometimes it's like, if you don't have the flexibility to hang out, what, what's 10 more minutes to actually have like a conversation that might actually go somewhere. Right. Like, you know, some people, they, you know, oh, how you doing? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Okay, great. <laughs> That's about it, right? But, you know, when we have a conversation, right, I'm always asking, I'm like, oh, what have you been reading? What have you been learning, right? Like, I want, give me some of what you've been chewing on, right? Mm-hmm. Share some of the goods. Share some cookies mm-hmm. over here, right? I see what you got. I see what, you know, but some people are like, well, you know, I, I, I don't like to read. <laughs> you know, it's like I can't read the Bible. I just I don't like to read books. I just you know I can't comprehend. I'm just like <laughs> that's sad. I mean I get yeah. it right. Until like 32, when I was 32, which I'm 36 now, you could 
maybe it would take two hands. You could count the number of books I read in my entire life, right? Minus the Bible, which I, I would read that one. But everything else, I just thought I was just I was just ignorant. I just had this idea that any book that had to do with like you know the kingdom, I just thought it was all religion and weak and pathetic. Which there's some truth to that. However. I grossly underestimated the amount of people and wisdom that are in books. See, because yeah. I grew up, I hated school. I mean, high school, that was it, right? When I graduated, I didn't even say goodbye to anybody. The night I graduated, I just left. And I was like, I'm freaking never coming back. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's like there's this idea that, you know, you go to school and sometimes you, you learn a bunch of stuff that you don't care about. And then you grow up, and because you don't use it, you forget it all. Like I'm working with my uh, my my son, who's in fourth fourth grade, and it's like we've been studying the times tables. I'm literally re- relearning the times tables. <laughs> you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. But anyways, but yeah, I, I've always loved learning. It just reading wasn't kind of how I how I did it. But when it, something shifted, when I was turned thirty two, and man, I. I got into some new stuff and I read like five books in, in three months, which I mean, I almost doubled the amount of books that I read in my entire, in over 32 years, you know, I almost doubled that in three months. So that was a pretty big deal for me. But yeah, but then since then, it's like, man, audiobooks, podcasts, books, you know, it's just like, if people only knew that there was information you could actually use that would change your life, <laughs> I think they would get into it more. But it's like, the whole point is like we're into conversations that actually matter, into relationships that actually go somewhere, that have yeah. impact. You know, I want to add some kind of value. There's a difference between spending time and investing time, and I'm definitely more of a investing time kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Lingering. So lingering gives you room to uh, connect with some peeps. Yeah. Any thoughts? Um, no, no thoughts. Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just yeah, it's an opportunity, like you said, to learn and to grow. Um, you know, the master in the in the parable was being very generous to the people that showed up late because he he wanted to be generous, even though it was mm-hmm. you know maybe socially acceptable to pay them less, but he wanted to be generous and he had the right to do that. Um. But it doesn't mean that he, you know, the next day would have been like, you know, this to the same people that showed up late, you know, um, it, it just doesn't mean that he wouldn't have the next day been like, you know what, you showed back up after working here all day yesterday, and now you showed back up again, I am going to pay you twice as much now, um, you yeah, know, and, and to the people that showed up way late, you know, there could, there could be a, you know, a, a string of consequences to that decision that they made to show up late, where that's like... Uh, you know, they miss out on, you know, maybe there's limited work the next day and he sure. only needs 10 people and he chooses the 10 people that are going to show up totally. early and the people that continue to show up late, um, you know, miss out. So it doesn't mean that just because he was generous and which is, which is good, you know, and he had the right to be generous and, and pay everybody the same. Um, it just, there's benefits to showing up early mm-hmm. and, and staying late because you never know what you could learn or what you might miss the next time. Or like you said, investing your, your time, you know, learning something you could always, um, you know, just, just thinking about it, you know, 
you could become, you could have the the vision to become the master someday, sure. but you're not going to become the master if you don't learn about grapes and vine and vineyards and things like that. So yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah, you miss out on opportunity if you don't, yeah. if you're just the person that's going to show up when they have to show up or even later and then leave as soon as they're allowed to leave, right. you could miss a lot of stuff. And uh, it just, it displays a lack of vision for your life. Like you are, you're doing the bare minimum and uh, people see that. Sure. Or you don't want to be there. Yeah. 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 It's like, yes. I don't really want to be here, right. but I got to be here. Or I'm just conditioned to think that I need to be here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real thing. Yeah. So a couple disadvantages of, um, you know, showing up last and leaving first. I mean, pretty much it's the opposite of um, everything that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, it's like, it's like, you don't like the question is why would you even go? Yeah, you start to rewire your thinking like, to where you just what's the point? Yeah. What is the point? Yeah, so some some disadvantages, right? Is you know, other people are always serving you. Like you're always being served. You do not want to be the person who everybody is always serving. Like you you that you want to carry your own weight. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you want to show up. You want to help set up. You want to help tear down, right? You want to think about what it takes to run something, a, a business, a Bible study, whatever, uh, an event. Like, you want to think about the people who are there. You want to think about who's putting it on. You want to participate. You want to contribute. You want to invest, right? Dude, because... There's there's a there's a expectation of greatness over every one of our lives, and the reason is is because you've got greatness put right inside of you, and that was on purpose, so that you would draw it out. The problem is it's not a problem, but the reality is is that the greatness is in the form of like a seed, in the form of potential. Well, a seed has everything it needs to grow. However, it needs to be in the right environment. It needs to be cultivated. And if you don't cultivate that, that, um, that greatness, then it, it, it remains dormant. And so this is where then like entitlement kind of creeps in. It's like, well, you know, you guys are putting it on, you know, I'm just, and I'm coming, right? So I'm just, I'm eating the food, I'm staying, I'm making the mess, and then I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, there's no benefit. You know, and it's like, again, like some people, like they're, they're, they got this strict living, right? And it's like <clears throat> sometimes that strict living becomes, it becomes your prison, right? And it's like I can't quite, it's like I got to do these things. And if I don't do these things, everything's going to go bad. I'm not going to have enough energy for work. My, my kids are going to go crazy, you know, this and that. And so it causes you to lose flexibility, right? Like you're not so flexible, like you can't stay another five minutes. And so what happens is that it also causes you to become a little more self-centered. In that, it's like you, you kind of, your eyes are more on you and your needs. And when that happens, you f you'll find that your needs start to expand. The more and more you focus on you in, in terms of like, well, I got to do this and I got to, you know, it's like, the greater the worry, the anxiety, it's like the more 
inward you go, the bigger your problems become. <laughs> it is because you're kind of losing sight of reality. And so it causes you to kind of miss opportunities, right? It's like, no, I got to go get my kids to bed. You know, it's like, eh, you kind of you create the environment, right? You're, it, <laughs> you create the environment you live in. Or if you don't, right? If you create the environment, then you're shaping what you become. But if you just exist in an environment, the environment is shaping who you become. But the lack of flexibility is an opportunity killer. It kills opportunity and possibilities because you can't linger, because you can't hang out. You're not looking for opportunities. You're more thinking, this is what I got to do. And if I don't do this, everything's going to crumble instead of, no, I got all that on lockdown. Like, I'm awesome. I'm here for other people. I'm here to connect, to share, to invest, to uh, impact, to add value. When you're more out-focused, you find your problems get a lot smaller. But it's because reality shifts, right? So when you get too in-focused, which happens when you're not doing much, reality gets skewed crazy and it's hard to tell up from down <laughs> you lose sight of who you are what you're capable of but when you start getting out and about mixing with new people and you're you, you remember oh you got gifts you got strengths oh no you can contribute you got stuff in you it was like you, you know the perspective gets off like who cares what he's paying these other guys i'm getting paid for my work i did good work it was a good day got hired this is beautiful and bam it's all gravy. But yeah, when you, when you, when you kind of get self-centered, you kind of get into that um, complacency and entitlement. Oh, no, I deserve more money. Well, I deserve for you to serve me. I deserve this. I deserve uh, recognition, even though you're not really doing anything. <laughs> but it's like, I, you know, I was just thinking about, hey, we'll close it up with this, but I was thinking about that... Um, I think it's the end of John. And, you know, Jesus did the thing with Peter. He's like, you know, do you love me? Well, afterwards, he was like, you know, there's right now, he's like, you put on your own clothes and you go where you want to go. He said, but there's a time coming where other people will tell you what to wear and they'll tell you where to go. And he was talking about kind of being imprisoned and then ultimately his death, I think. And so Jesus was like, this is, this is, this is what's coming for you. And then there's just like this scene, right? It's like, so him and Jesus are talking and then off in the distance, off behind Jesus, there's John. And, and Peter looks at John and he says, well, what about him? And Jesus looks at John and then Jesus looks back at Peter and he says, what about him? He says, if I want him to stay alive until the resurrection or until I return, what is that to you? You follow me. And that's... That's what I think about when I think about this story and the guys who are last. Don't worry about what other people are getting paid. Don't worry about what's, what he's doing with other people. You, he said, follow me. I said, come on, somebody. So I don't need, I don't need to worry about what's going on with somebody else. I don't need to worry about what they're getting paid or not getting paid or, you know, reward, whatever. But you, you, you follow me. I said, come on, as long as it's called a day, let's get some. 
Greatness is in us. Let's go do things that are great. My good peoples, thanks for kicking it with us. Until next time, peace.